Well, welcome to this session with Grace Point Church. I am thankful that you're here with us today. Also, I want to welcome any guests who have found us on the internet and uh, welcome to this time together. Uh, we're involved in a Advent series uh, here at Grace Point Church. We began last week and uh, we'll continue on up until Christmas. And so some of you have, were raised in a more liturgical church where Advent was uh, observed and recognized, and uh, uh, we are kind of following some of those patterns, but uh, we are following a pattern of songs, of real Christmas songs. If you take your copy of God's Word and turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, uh, we will look at the second one of these songs uh, that we've been looking at in chapters 1 and 2 of Luke. And uh, Luke chapter 2, if you take your copy of Scripture, whether it's in book form or digital, and you can follow along as I read this passage for you. <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 20, quite lengthy section, but you need to understand the context of what's going on here. So let's begin in chapter 2, verse 1. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken on all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Verse 8, in the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her hearts. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just had been told to them. Verse 21, and when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Heavenly Father, thank you for this record of the birth of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ and for the encounter that uh, the shepherds had with the angels. And thank you for this song that we'll be looking at today. And Lord, impress it upon our hearts 
Teach us today through the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you for all who are participating in this session, looking into the word of God together, and pray that all of us would grow together in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and in your grace and in your mercy this day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thomas Merton, who uh, wrote uh, the book, The Seven Story Mountain, said this about, uh, based on this passage. He wrote, there were only a few shepherds at the first Bethlehem. The ox and the ass understood more of the first Christmas than the high priests in Jerusalem, and it is the same today. You know, in the busyness of this season, in the busyness of December, as we are moving on towards December 25th, towards our holiday of Christmas, uh, it's good to pause and take a break and listen to the real songs of Christmas. I enjoy the carols around Christmas time, the popular uh, Christmas music, and yet these are the original Christmas songs that are found here in Luke recorded for us there. And so as familiar as we are, perhaps, with Christmas carols and Christmas songs, these four songs that are listed in uh, the Bible surrounding the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ are really the original Christmas songs and probably are not sung much anymore. Uh, last week, your last session, we looked at Zacharias' song. Remember, Zacharias was a priest serving in the temple, and the angel announced to him that he was going to have a, a son. And he and Elizabeth miraculously had a son who was to become John the Immerser, or John the Baptizer, as we know him. And today we're going to look at the angel's song, the glory in excelsis uh, in Latin, which is found here in Luke chapter 2. And then next session, we will look at Mary's song called the Magnificat in Luke chapter 1. And finally, the Sunday before Christmas, uh, the Christmas day, Simeon's song, which is found in Luke chapter 2, following this passage today. I want to again revisit as we begin here, uh, verse 8. Uh, it's interesting. I've heard this story all my life, heard the account of Luke 1 and 2 all my life. But verse 8, uh, there's two words that escaped my notice until I was preparing this week. In verse 8, it says, in the same region, in other words, right around Bethlehem, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock. And the two words that I've probably ignored or sped by is by night. This is at night. It is dark out. It is difficult out. These are a lower caste people. Shepherds were not held in high esteem. Uh, they were not able to go into the temple for cleansing, uh, sacrificial cleansing, and so they were considered unclean, especially working with sheep. And so it was at night, and I was thinking about a night, the metaphor of night and darkness. And isn't it interesting that uh, at least many of us experience uh, some of uh, our, our greatest anxiety or doubts in the middle of the night in the darkness, and especially this year, as uh, we are in a very unusual, probably the most unusual year in my lifetime anyway. <clears throat> and so uh, there is a darkness or a night, and these shepherds are out uh, protecting the sheep, protecting the flock, and taking care of them. And so that very normal night with a very normal flock of sheep in a very normal, if not a lowly job, uh, the silence was shattered once and for all. Uh, the Old Testament book of Joel actually recounts a disastrous pestilence which wrecked havoc upon God's people. Uh, 
it brought about widespread horrific destruction. And, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, not like the book of Joel, but in a sense with this pandemic we're in and this holiday season and this unusual year and all the adversity and difficulty every person is feeling and dealing with, uh, there is some correspondence with these shepherds in the middle of the night. Uh, Eugene Peterson observed this about the darkness of the night. He writes that there is a sense in which catastrophe doesn't introduce anything new into our lives. It simply exposes the moral or spiritual reality that already exists but was hidden beneath an overlay of routine, self-preoccupation, and business as usual, unquote. You know, the virus that we face in this pandemic and the difficulties that are associated with it, whether they be physical, emotional, uh, mental, spiritual, uh, the virus we're facing may be called novel, but uh, it's the distress we're experiencing is not novel in the world's history. This pre-existing darkness simply had grown thicker, making it difficult to move in some sense. Uh, but this pandemic has caused us to reflect, hasn't it? And hopefully it's helped you to slow down and to consider what is really important, what is really uh, experientially important in your life. You know, immob immobility and, uh, isn't always bad. I was thinking that we have not seen our youngest grandchildren since last Christmas, so it's almost going on a year since we've been with that side of our family. And uh, we've been, in a sense, immobile, and we have not traveled much. But, you know, there's, it's not always bad. We can't go anywhere. We're left to sitting and waiting in one sense. And if we're still, for any length of time, we're more likely to notice what we would have missed otherwise. Uh, if any of you have tried to have a moment, time of silence uh, with your family or just by yourself, uh, it's difficult, isn't it? We Americans don't like silence. We don't like being alone. Uh, but here we have those two little words, at night. And really, the angels, as we've read, are going to play our song for us. And they're going to sing in the night uh, to these lowly shepherds, the first ones. And remember, God had been silent for 400 years since the prophet, the prophet Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. So in Israel, there's been this silence from God. They had not heard from God in 400 years. No prophets, no preachers of the truth. <laughs> And so here we have this, the angelic beings breaking into their consciousness with the song in the night. And we're going to see five things about this song, about this passage, really. The song, of course, is very short in verse 14, but we're going to see five things in this passage about uh, what God is singing to us through these angels. First of all, it's a song of hope, a song of hope. Uh, notice in verses 9 and 10, again, an angel of the Lord stu suddenly stood before them. It could have been Gabriel. We don't know. He's not told. We know that Gabriel appeared to Mary and to Zacharias. And it tells us that the glory of the Lord shone around about them. Uh, this glory is God's glory. The angels are not have don't have the glory, but God's glory, it says there, the Lord shone around about them. But then here's their response. They were terribly frightened. They were terribly frightened uh, without hope, if you will. 
And you know, fear is, uh, it can be a good thing for self-preservation, but it also wrecks havoc on our mental, emotional, mm -hmm. and spiritual selves, and even physically. And that, but it says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's interesting in human encounters that are recorded in the Bible with angelic beings or the Lord, uh, 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 the angel of the Lord. Uh, the first response is fear and awesome uh, concern and terror even. But this angel says, do not be afraid. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul's words in Timothy, 1 Timothy 3.16, where he declares in hindsight to this event, by common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit. He's talking about Jesus Christ, seen by angels and proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up into glory. So here is this idea. The angel is telling them to do not be afraid, relinquish fear, abandon hopelessness, do not be in despair because this is worthy of our hope. You know, Herod, who is the, his tyranny and Caesar's cruelty can only be met by the force of one strong enough to conquer a world full of evil. And we look out and we see a world turned upside down. It seems like there's wars and rumors of wars. There's political strife, sociological strife. Uh, even, uh, you know, some Christians are uh, at odds with their brothers and sisters in Christ. And only there's one answer, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are free from fear. They're playing our song, and it is a song of hope. And then further on in verse 10, we see it's a song of joy. There's great joy to be had. For behold, this is the angel speaking, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. What a great promise. What a great proclamation. He says for this good news of great joy. Good news is the word that's translated gospel. And uh, we're called evangelicals, or the evangel is one who proclaims Jesus Christ is the evangel because he is the good news. And we are called evangelicals, which means we have the message of good news, the gospel. And so what is the good news here? What was the angel declaring to these shepherds in the first century? It's not that God had sent a soldier or a judge or a reformer but that he had sent a savior to meet our greatest need. It was a message of peace to the world and a world that had known much war. You know, uh, the Romans and the Roman Empire uh, ruled the then known earth at this time and they enforced what is called the Roman peace or the Pax Romana. And it had been in effect since 27 BC. But absence of war does not guarantee the presence of peace. Absence of war does not guarantee the presence of peace. There was a Stoic Greek philosopher named Epicletus, and he said this, while the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace to the heart for which man yearns and even for outward peace. You know, we live in a day and age of great uncertainty, great upheaval in our, in our, in our time. In this last year, we've seen it. And uh, we were not given, we're not saved by a political party or even medicine or medical science. We need a bigger savior than that. 
A Jewish word, the Jewish Hebrew word for peace is shalom. You've probably heard that many times, but it means more than just kind of the peace we imagine. It means more than the truce in the battles of life, but it means it's well-being, that we have well-being, health, prosperity, security, soundness, and completeness. It's had this idea that we are completed in the shalom. It has more to do with your character than with your circumstances. Right now, all of us are, are forced to face our circumstances. They're different. It causes fear. It causes anger, all sorts of emotive reactions uh, within ourselves and within our families and friends. But the shalom kind of peace, soundness, completeness, has more to do with our character than it does with our circumstances. Life was difficult at the time these angels appeared to these shepherds. And these shepherds knew a very difficult life, just as today many of us know very difficult lives. You know, in that first century, just like in this century, taxes were high, unemployment was high, morals were slipping lower and lower, the military state was in control, Roman law, Greek philosophy, and even Jewish religion could not meet the needs of the human heart. Then God sent his son. And we look back on it, these shepherds were in the midst of it, and the angels came, and it says, yeah, bring you good news of great joy. And joy is not dependent upon our circumstances. It is dependent on the fact that what God gives us, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can have this joy in life. And it tells us here who can have it. It will be for all the people. This is an indicator of the universality of the gospel. Yes, Jesus came as a Jewish person, a Jewish baby, uh, came to Israel, but yet his salvation is for all people everywhere. All we have to do is believe in him for everlasting life. Psalm 148, 1 and 2, a great psalm, a great psalm of praise says this, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. And we see the angels here in this passage doing that very thing. So it's a song. They're playing our song, a song of hope and a song of joy. Thirdly, in verse 11, it's a song of salvation. Look again at verse 11. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Of course, the city of David was Bethlehem. It had been prophesied and foretold that the Messiah would come through the Davidic line and he would come in the city of David. And he says today, and I love that word today because it is a present tense. It is absolutely perfect timing. When you read through history, when you read through God's word, it's amazing that God is never too late. He's never too early. He has perfect timing. So today, the Savior is born in the city of David. The Savior, and he uses three different uh, ascriptions to this baby that's in this manger. He is the Savior. Uh, Sotir, in fact, in theology, if you study soteriology, it's the study of salvation. He is the Savior Christ, and uh, Jewish people know him as Messiah, and we, we think of the Christos, the Messiah, and then Lord, which is Kurios, and he is the good shepherd in John 10. He is the Lamb of God in John 129. So this 
good shepherd, this Lord, this Lamb of God, and Luke loves this term Lord here, he uses it 19 times in his gospel, but many miracles surround Christmas and the accounts that we have in scripture. The angels, the star, the dreams, the prophecies, and most of all, excuse me, most of all, the virgin birth. But those miracles are just signs pointing to the greatest miracle of all, that we who live in this world have been visited by someone from another world. Someone from the world of light came to this world of darkness. Someone from eternity came into the temporary. Someone from heaven came to live with us on earth. You know, the Bible explains this many different ways. Listen to these verses. Of course, the very famous one, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Titus 2, 11. The grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. Uh, Galatians 4, 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth the son born of a woman, born under the law. And then Philippians 2, 6 and 7, what a great passage to reflect on. Who, though he was in the form of God, speaking of Jesus, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. 1 Timothy 3, 15, God was manifest in the flesh. John 1, 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So it is a song of salvation. Theologians use a particular word to talk about this incarnation, this advent of Christ. They call the birth of Christ the incarnation. That word means that God came to earth and shared our humanity. And so we are rescued at last. And this salvation, it's open to anybody who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Belief is simply being fully persuaded that Jesus is and is, is who he says he is and is going to do what he's going to do. And we believe in him. John 3, 16, if you believe in him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. And that is the requirement all through the gospel of John is belief in Jesus. And over a hundred times in the New Testament, the requirement for everlasting life is simply belief in Jesus Christ. So they are playing our song here in this chapter. It's a song of hope, a song of joy, a song of salvation. Fourthly, it's a song of peace in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men who, with whom he is pleased. Talks about the glory of God. It's like a brightness. It just split the night here for these shepherds. God's glory is returning to earth in the person of his son. John 1.14, when Christ came, when he was born in that lowly manger, in that animal stall, the holy of holies was right there because Jesus is there. He was called the Prince of Peace, and Isaiah, the prophet 700 years before, Isaiah said this about this child, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Glory to him. He both bestows peace on those who believe in Jesus for everlasting life, Romans 5.1 where it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, that wholeness, that completeness, that peace in this life. It's not given to those who have goodwill, but those who are recipients of God's grace and his goodwill or his favor. And so we are fresh with peace as believers in Christ. 
They're playing our song, a song of hope, a song of joy, a song of salvation, a song of peace. And finally, in verse 20, a song of praise. Look at verse 20 as we go through here. After they went to Bethlehem very obediently, they went to Bethlehem, saw the Christ child, talked to Mary and Joseph, and then they told others about it. Anybody they met on the street and the word was going out through all of this small village that there's something unusual happening. But by verse 20, it tells us the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as been that had been told to them. So they returned to the night. The angels had departed. The glory of God, the the light and the brightness was not there. They returned to the darkness of the night, back to the sheepfold. They returned to their world, but they were changed forever. They were glorifying, praising God for all that they had heard and seen. And it's it's a picture of you and I, if we are believers in Jesus Christ, all of us, can give an account of when we believed in Jesus for everlasting life. It may be when you were five years old at vacation Bible school or later in life as I was. And we all can praise and glorify God when we recognize that the Redeemer has invaded our world and come into our life and we can just tell others what we've heard and what we've seen. We can testify that. After everything they saw, these shepherds returned to the place where they started. In other words, back into that dark night, all the, the brilliant phosphorescent glory that had lit up the entire sky did not end their experience of darkness. It was still there waiting for them on the far side of this manger, and it was to be expected. The angels hadn't visited the shepherds to bring a miraculous halt to the rotation of the earth. They weren't there to banish the night. Glory displayed for only one purpose only, and to provide the irresistible prompt to seek out Jesus, a flash of light showed the way to the greater light. The song of our Savior Advent is a song of hope, a song of joy, a song of salvation, a song of peace, and a psalm of praise. And these shepherds are simply good examples to us or to imitate today. They received the, by faith the message God had sent them and then responded in immediate obedience After finding the baby Jesus, they reported the good news to others, glorifying and praising God. They took the place of the angels, essentially. Then they humbly returned to their duties, men going back to the same old job, but they're they're playing our song. And so this holiday season, this Christmas season, renew uh, the wonder and the insight and the glory of this first event, this first Advent, as we move towards the celebration and remembering the first Advent. And yet we look forward to all God's going to do, even in the midst of our night of 2020. Uh, Psalm 35, verse 9 says this, And my soul shall rejoice in the Lord, it shall exult in his salvation. We must have the long view of what Jesus Christ is doing in our lives today, tomorrow, and forever. Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage of Scripture. Thank you for the account of these shepherds and of the angels. And thank you that you've revealed to us that we can have that uh, hope, joy, salvation, peace, and praise through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for him, for it's in Jesus' powerful name I pray. Amen and amen. Go in God's grace and mercy, and I hope your week is blessed.